morning. Glad to be with you this morning. Uh, before I begin, I have an urgent prayer request. Many of you maybe know that Norma Narragon has been put in the hospital and been in there for a while, and I heard she was getting better, <coughs> but Virginia told me, <coughs> excuse me, Virginia told me this morning that her daughter got a prayer request last night from the Vestiburg Church that uh, Norma uh, took a turn for the worse and uh, doesn't recognize people at this time. So uh, please, please be in prayer for Norma Narragon. <clears throat> one clarification, uh, I'm not the one that Jody decided to punch the lights out on. All of these bandages are because I visited the dermatologist this week. Uh, I visited him late in the afternoon and I had a couple of spots he was going to zap with the liquid nitrogen. And I guess because it was late in the afternoon and he didn't have that many more customers, he decided to use all of the liquid nitrogen in that. <laughs> and uh, so rather than a few, I got many. It's amazing this year how many of our people have gone <clears throat> and decided to spend the winter somewhere else other than Vestiburg. And uh, so now it's nice to have visitors that are filling in this morning. Uh, we're very happy to have Tom and Marilyn with us. Thank you, sir. Uh, we have a young man from Clare. I didn't get his name, but he attends the Gilmore Church of Christ that's also visiting with us, and Chuck Frisbee and others. Uh, we're glad to have you with us this morning. I didn't get with Karen <coughs> this week, so we don't have the scripture on the overhead, but believe it or not, we have Bibles in every pew if you didn't happen to bring your Bibles or your smart pad or whatever you have to read scripture on. Uh, we're going to look, we're going to begin with a, a scripture from John, the fourth chapter, beginning with verse 7 and then go on from there. John chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his di disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith to the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou the living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall, thir shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. 
but the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come nither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that thou sayest truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. <clears throat> a few weeks ago, when Josh was preparing for the Central Michigan Men's Christian Fellowship message, he asked me if I'd fill in for our small group that meets on Wednesday night, and of course, we're studying from the Gospel of John, and the part of the scripture that I was asked to teach at that time was the fourth chapter of John, and then when I was asked to uh, speak this morning, uh, I thought, well, this would be a good time, to, good place to start. There's much there. Paul Butler, in his commentary, says of this chapter, this chapter is a gold mine. There are spiritual treasures here to enrich any soul who will search and dig. Take a look at these nuggets. The nugget of the humanity of Jesus, the universality of the gospel, spontaneous evangelism, true worship defined, a missionary vision, and much more found in just this one chapter. Isn't that so true of God's word? I'm amazed as I read the Word of God, and it's a very familiar passage of Scripture, and I've read it many times before, but God speaks to me through that passage, something new, something I hadn't thought about before, because God speaks through His Word to His people, and it's such a wonderful, marvelous thing. Let's look at a golden nugget this morning and see what mind, what we can mind through this scripture. I want to look at the nugget of spontaneous evangelism. One woman, one person with the gospel, and this time it happened to be the very Son of God himself, equals, we're going to find out later in the scripture, many, many people blessed by God through Jesus Christ. When we're thinking about evangelism, let's look at Jesus' own method. What was the purpose for Jesus coming to earth? Jesus came, Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came to redeem us who had wandered away back to his father, and he was willing even to give himself to die on the cross for that purpose. This method, method of one-on-one -on -one was used mainly uh, throughout the ministry of Jesus Christ. In the parable of the lost sheep, 99 were left, and the shepherd went out to seek 
the one that was lost. That's how important one individual is to God. Of course, we have many occasions where there are a group of people that Jesus ministered to, like the, the feeding of the 5,000 or the feeding of the 4,000. But it's amazing how many times in the scripture Jesus chose either a few or one individual to share the gospel truth with them. More than 50% of his acts and his teaching found in the gospels is with a small group or with individuals, and we can learn from that. For an interesting study, take the four gospels and go through them and see how many times Jesus has a personal encounter with somebody. Now concerning the woman at the well in Samaria, the Bible tells us that they were passing through Samaria. Yet Jesus recognized this as an opportunity to deal with an individual soul. From eternity, Jesus had an appointment with this very woman at this very well at this very time. Look at John, the fourth chapter, and go back to the fourth verse, if you will, with me. John chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, and he must needs go through Samaritan. He must needs. There was a necessity that he went through Samaria. The Jews didn't travel through Samaria. If they had to go somewhere up into the northern kingdom, they would cross the river and go around Samaria and then cross the river again so they wouldn't have anything to do with these people. Jesus and his apostles had been traveling. They were hungry. They came to Jacob's well. Jesus sat at the well and had sent his uh, apostles, disciples, into the city to buy meat and to get food. And the woman came. Remember, first of all, she was a woman. Jewish men did not speak to women in public. She was a member of a people who were despised by the Jews. The Jews had nothing to do with the Samaritans. That is why the woman said to him, why would you ask me for a drink of water? Even drinking out of the vessel would make a Jew unclean. Uh, a vessel of the Samaritans would make a Jew unclean in that day. But Jesus went from the physical to the spiritual. If you knew who you were talking to, you would have asked me for water because I can give you water that satisfies your very soul, that you will never thirst again. And of course, then the intercourse with uh, conversation with her on give me that water that I don't have to come here every day. After her apparent hostilities, he brought her to the main problem, the problem of sin in her life and her need for living water. Well, go call your husband. Let's talk together. But I have no husband. 
Jesus says, well, you answer, well, you're, you're telling me the truth. You had five husbands, and now the man you're living with is not even your husband. You're not married to this man. And so she wants to change the subject. You're getting too personal with me, God. I, I don't want to talk about these things. Well, we worship here in Samaria. The Jews worship in Jerusalem. Where's the proper place to worship? But Jesus realized that she didn't necessarily need to know this. She was just trying to change the subject. But Jesus would not allow himself to be distracted by her. When she finally accepted the Messiah, the Bible says that she couldn't wait. She left her bucket, ran back to the city, and talked to the men there. Uh, let's go to the 28th verse uh, through the 30th verse of this. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is this not the Christ? And then going uh, to the 39th verse we read, And many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he should tarry with them, and he abode there uh, two days. And many more believed because of his words. So many of the Samaritans in the city believed on him, first of all, because the woman told them of him. And then they believed on him even more when he talked to them about the things of God. So we see that Jesus always takes time and sets a pattern for us for personal evangelism. He saw the individual. He saw the need. He saw the uh, way to cure that need, and though he talked to her about the living water. But let's remember that every uh, opportunity that Jesus had does not always end in success. The Bible tells us that many people went away after they heard the message not willing to make the changes in their life. Every opportunity that we have to talk to somebody about Jesus Christ isn't going to end in success. But, no matter what the sacrifice, no matter what the time it takes, no matter what the inconvenience might be, one soul, one to Jesus Christ for eternity, and not having to uh, have the damnation of hell, is worth the sacrifice and worth the effort. One person one to Jesus Christ is worth it all. What price are we willing to pay for our soul? So one woman, one gospel messenger, in this case, it was Jesus Christ himself, equaled what? Many people brought to the Lord. We have no idea how God is going to 
to use our influence for his good. He simply demands that we be faithful. And God, the Bible tells us, will give us <clears throat> the increase. We further see that this is a method that Jesus taught his disciples. Jesus not only spent much time with individuals, he also taught his disciples to do the same. Andrew was a great prototype of this method. Perhaps the mo most important thing that Andrew ever did was to bring his brother, Simon Peter, to the Lord. Back in the first chapter of, of John, verses 40 through 41, we read, I forgot we don't have it on the screen, so I'll give you a minute to get to it. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. What did Andrew do when he heard about the Messiah? He couldn't wait to share it with somebody else. And who did he share it with? his brother Peter. Now when we read the gospel, who is it that stands out in our mind? Andrew or Peter? Where would we be if Andrew had not taken the time to share the gospel with Peter? Andrew was also the one later in the scripture that when they were the a great crowd has gathered and it was getting late in the day and they were hungry and there was nothing to, to eat, Andrew was the one that brought the lad to Jesus with the small dinner that Jesus blessed and fed 5,000 and later also did the same thing with 4,000. 4, Andrew was also the one when Philip had a bunch of Greeks men that were Seeking Jesus, they brought, uh, he came to Andrew, and Andrew took them to Jesus. Andrew was always willing to share the Messiah with others. Philip is another example of this. In the same chapter, John 1, and verse 46 and 47, we read, And Nathanael said unto him, or 45, I'm sorry, Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael saith unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. Such an easy message. Come and see. How many times have we told our friends, our neighbors, and our family, come, come and see, come and learn about this Jesus. So throughout the gospel, we see how Jesus, how his disciples learn to deal with the individual and what a big change that makes, not only in their life, but in the lives of others. Then Jesus sent out the 70, as we read. 
or as we know from the scripture, he sent them out two by two. Luke tells us an interesting thing after they came back from their evangelistic service. Luke chapter uh, 10 and verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto, thy, unto us through thy name. They came back with joy. I remember a few years ago when Mike Wilson had the uh, privilege of teaching his two grandchildren about Jesus Christ and what a thrill that was to him. And when the time came for them to be baptized, when they came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Mike was wondering what to do. Who's going to baptize them? So we suggested, Mike, you're the logical one to baptize them. And so after a little training, Mike was able to baptize Luke and Aubrey uh, in our baptistry unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And what joy there was in Mike's life to have the privilege of baptizing his grandchildren. What joy it brings to us, what joy it brings to heaven itself, for the angels rejoice when one sinner comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 4 we see another example of this, somebody bringing somebody else to Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, saying, are casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Isn't that the call of Jesus today to each and every one of us? Jesus is calling us to become fishers of men. People need the message of Jesus as much today as they did in Jesus's time. And then we move on to the New Testament church after Jesus died and arose and went to glory. After the day of Pentecost, or on the day of Pentecost, rather after the 50 days after the Passover, we see this evangelistic work carry on in the New Testament church. Jesus has finished his work, he's died for our sins, He's offered salvation to all through the message of the gospel, and now he has gone back to his Father in glory. By the very fact that Jesus was raised from the dead, he was declared Lord and Savior of all. In the period between the resurrection and his ascension, Jesus had the opportunity to again prepare his disciples for his departure and also for evangelizing the world. The imperative commission that he gave to them and he gives to us is to preach the gospel to every creature. 
interesting passage in Acts, the fifth chapter, verses 41 and 42. Acts chapter 5, verses 41 and 42. And the, they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily, in the temple, and in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. After they became Christian, after they suffered for Jesus, what did they do? Did they hide? They took every opportunity in their daily living to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with everybody that they came into contact with. We turn to the eighth chapter of the book of Acts. We see a young man that was chosen as a deacon or uh, a servant back in the early church when there was a need because the widows were being neglected in the daily ministration, the daily distribu distribution of food. Philip was one of those that were chosen. And when persecution came to the church at Jerusalem, Philip went to the city of Samaria. And what did he do there? He preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the sixth verse, uh, the fifth verse, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto him. And the people with one accord gave heed unto the things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. And there was great joy in that city. And then a very surprising thing happened. Philip had a great evangelistic work, a great ministry going on in the city of Samaria. But what did God do with him? Philip, leave this area and go to a desert place. Philip didn't know why, but as he went, he saw a chariot, and there he saw a man reading a scroll. And so Philip joined himself to the chariot, and as a man was re reading from Isaiah, he said to him, do you understand what you're reading? And the man said, how can I unless somebody show me? And the Ethiopian eunuch, a member of the uh, Candace, the queen of Ethiopian, Philip taught him the word of God more clearly, taught unto him Jesus from Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. And what did the, the Ethiopian eunuch say? Here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip took him down into the water, baptized him, and brought him up out of the water. Why did, why did God take Philip from this successful work to preach to one man? Who was this? Here was a visitor to Jerusalem, back going back to uh, Africa, reading a scroll that he probably bought in the city of Jerusalem. Philip had the opportunity to witness to him, and what happened then? The gospel was taken probably by the Ethiopian eunuch to his own people, people that Philip probably would never have had an opportunity to have reached, but because 
God took him to this one man, and because Philip was willing to preach, the gospel was increased. Campus ministries, working on our college campuses, have the opportunity, one-on-one, -on -one, to teach students that come from other countries about Jesus Christ. And then what happens? What happens when they go back to their own country as Christians? They have the opportunity to share the gospel. Remember the conversion of Saul of Tarsus? After he had found Jesus, after he had gone into the city, Ananias was told to go and baptize Saul. Ananias was afraid for his life. He knew what this man had done to other Christians on the way. But Ananias went, and Paul was baptized and converted to Jesus Christ, and how many people were reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have no idea what reaching one person with the gospel of Christ can do for the evangelism of the world. Jesus came to earth for what reason? To seek and to save that which is lost. Let me give you a recent example of how this works. Several years ago, Sonia had the opportunity to uh, go to uh, Kentucky with a group of ladies. It was a woman's trip. You know, I wasn't allowed to go. No, you can't go. Anyway, they went down to Kentucky, stayed in a motel, went down to Amish Company, and uh, it was on the weekend. And uh, the ladies made the mistake of asking Sonia to find them a place to worship. They wanted to go to a small country church in Amish town, Amish area. Ha ha. They came on Sunday morning, they came over this knoll of a hill, and there in front of them was a large building and a lot of traffic and police officers directing that traffic. She had taken them to the Southeast Christian Church in Lexington, Kentucky, one of the biggest churches in the area. The attendance that day was in that service was over 10,000 people. The thing that Sonia says impressed her the most was what happened in that service. During the during worship, eight teenage women, young girls, came up and stood side by side on the stage. The first one told that she had been a, brought up in a Christian home and taught the gospel by her parents and was baptized and became a Christian when she was 10 years of age. The girl next to her said, let's say the girl's name was Sue, I don't remember what Sonia said it was, but the girl next to her said, I'm a classmate of Sue, and Sue shared the gospel with me, and I became a Christian. The next girl 
the third girl, said, I played sports with the <coughs> second girl, and she shared the gospel with me, and I became a Christian. And on and on and on, they went down that uh, line of eight young women that were brought to Jesus Christ because Sue was faithful in sharing the gospel with others. One plus one equals many. Again, we have no idea what influence we will have or what can be accomplished by our simply sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with another. That is the gospel in action. We need to be about our Father's business. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for every good and perfect gift. Thou art truly the Father of lights, and in thee is no variableness nor shadow caused by turning. How great you are, Father, and how gracious you are to each of us who have sinned and transgressed your very word, but yet you loved us enough to be willing to send your Son to the cross to die for us. Heavenly Father, please help us that the gospel message will permeate our hearts and our lives, that we might understand and know the joy of sharing Jesus Christ with another. Father, we realize that truly this has been the mission that you have given us. Help us, Lord, to be faithful in our ministry. And bless us and keep us. In Christ's name I ask, amen.